0: Honestly, if you know anything about me at all, if you've sat in the assembly here in the last over 20 years, there's one thing you know about me for sure. I enjoy a certain style of music. There's a lot of music I enjoy, a lot of styles of music I enjoy. There's one in particular I enjoy and often refer to it at different points and and lines from songs at that point. And people have noted that about me. But the point is, I really enjoy the music. I call the lesson this morning, listen to the music. Because I really want to put a challenge to you to listen to the music. No, not necessarily the music that I enjoyed as a youth or even the music necessarily that we think about today but something that I've got in mind that I want you to consider because I recognize that every generation every generation of time has had its kind of music and has its kind of music and uh, and all and I, every generation I think appreciates the music of its own but we all understand the power of the shared music of our times in 1970 1970 Paul Williams and Roger Nichols put together a beautiful little song, a beautiful little song, and it it was recorded and it was put out there, but it did not get very much attention. When it was first recorded by Freddie Allen, it really didn't get a whole lot of attention. Then, a popular group of the 1970s, the Carpenters picked it up and used it, used it on an album, used it as a single, and it became a super hit. And it seemed like every other wedding that took place during that time, well into the 1980s, had the song, We've Only Just Begun, as one of the songs at that wedding. Many young couples marched out. The recessional became... We've only just begun, and it sounded good, and it was an appropriate song for that that setting and so place, and and it replaced the well-used traditional recessionals at, at, at weddings and the such. School choirs loved the harmonies of it, and you could go to your school choirs, and they would be singing, We've only just begun, and you're thinking, I wish it was over. Oh... But it seems like that, that song, that song seemed to touch the spirit and the time of the generation, the romance of the time. And I guess there were many other songs in that time and many songs in, in other generations as well that touched the hearts of people, that stayed around, that were used for very special occasions and special events in a big way. Some associated with particular people and groups and so forth. But we, we recognize those songs. And there were always there's always people who, who, who have a song that really comes out that way. But at the same time, there are generally some who just will belittle. Who say, oh man, it's, it's I don't like that. I get tired of it. I just don't want to hear that anymore and so forth. And some that just belittle it just because of what it is. They just don't like it for whatever reason, whatever the song might be. Whether it's the style or the lyrics It just doesn't have the same appeal to them, the same romance or whatever it must have had. With that in mind, with that in mind, and that kind of is a backdrop to this. No, I'm not going to sing. We've only just begun. But Jesus sang, but that's not the point. Jesus used types of music to illustrate the stubborn nature of people who were resisting the messages of God. They're resisting its presentation. They didn't want to hear it, didn't want to respond to it. And I've got to believe that there are a few things more frustrating to know that you've got something to say and it's something of value and it's really worthwhile, as I said. But people won't hear it. They don't want to listen to it. In his book, that he shared with his brother entitled The Boys, Ron Howard wrote of being frustrated when he was a young boy acting on the Andy Griffith show. He was Opie, by the way, for some of you who are not old enough to recognize that. But Ron Howard wrote of being frustrated when he was young Because they would sit around in their meetings and they would talk about things they needed to do in the show and how they could accomplish something. And he said at several points they'd get stymied about what they were going to do and people would be throwing in ideas and somebody would throw that out and say, I don't like that one. Oh, we couldn't do that. Andy would never do that and blah, blah, blah. And went along along and said every now and then he would throw something out there. Even as as a young child, he would throw something out there and it would just be ignored. He said, finally, one time he threw something out there and Andy looked at him and said, that's a good idea. Why haven't you ever said something before? And he said, I have, you guys just wouldn't listen to it. Probably a whole lot of truth to it. But there may be nothing more frustrating than feeling like you've got the answer, you've got the response, you've got the thing that's needed and nobody really wants to listen to what you have to say. They've got too many other things going on. You know, and I could add in we live in a time where everybody's got their the internet in the palm of their hand and everything we walk around looking at a phone and we we miss so much we miss so much in life we miss the things that are being said to us we miss listening but we're not the first it's been like that from the beginning of time almost Matthew 11 picking up in verse 16 reading the thing that I was talking about there, about Jesus and what he said, picking up in verse 16 in Matthew 11, it says, "But, but to what? To what shall I liken this generation? It's like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to their companions and saying, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. We mourned to you and you did not lament. For John came neither eating nor drinking and they say he has a demon. The son of man. Came eating and drinking and they say, look, a glutton and a winebibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is justified in her children. He says, we came and we offered and you just wouldn't listen. So, to borrow a line from a song that may be familiar to you, turn your radio on. And listen to the music that's in the air. You know, there's a difference. There's a difference between playing your recorded music, having your specific music that you want to hear, and playing it as we do today. I think fewer and fewer people listen to the music on the radio today, I guess. Maybe you still have a habit of doing that. But there's a difference between listening to what the radio has to offer and what's, what's on there And just playing exactly what you want to hear on your specific download or whatever it might be. I was thinking about that this week, and of course, I had to admit, I don't listen to nearly as much radio as I used to. I'll be honest with you, generally, if I'm in my car by myself, I've got a book playing. and listening to a book as I drive or wherever I'm going. But I got to thinking back a lot of years, and see if this sounds familiar to a household that you lived in, maybe yours was very different than ours, because we tended to be people that that drew upon whatever music we wanted. But as far as I can remember, until my sister and I were, my older sister and I were in our teens, not that younger girl that came along later, and I'm not sure if she's really part of the family or not, but... uh, until my sister and I, my little bit older, much, much, much older sister and I were in our teens, I don't remember the radio being played in our house. We had a radio, but I don't remember the radio being played in our house. Much. Sometimes in the car, the radio would be turned on, but I got to tell you, if my dad had control of the radio, he would always try to find some preacher on there. There was some guy named Dr. Burpo we liked to listen to, and I thought, why in the world would you listen to a guy by the name of Burpo? That just didn't sound very good. But anyway, he liked to listen to preachers as we would drive along. Like, that thrilled me along the way. Yeah, kids in the back seat of the car, Dad, do we have to listen to this anymore? But we would listen to the radio, and I can remember pulling up into hospital parking lots, and my dad saying, yeah, you can listen to the radio for 15 minutes, but don't run the battery down, like we would know if we were running the battery down or not. Remember those days? Some of you are old enough, and you remember those days. But until my sister and I were in our teens, I don't remember a radio being played much at all, if at all, in our house. Yes, the hi-fi, the record player, would be played, but not the radio. Television might be on, but not the radio. Radio. It wasn't that we had something against the radio. That, that wasn't it. I hope you don't think too odd of us. But once we got into our teens, and whenever I was in a car, I said, can we turn on the radio? And when we began to drive ourselves, of course, the radio was on, and we had a couple of stations, AM stations, that we listened to in those days. But enough about that. I think you understand the value of the radio and the variety of things that it puts out there, because there is music to be heard. And these days especially, there is music just about everywhere you go. Walk into a grocery store, there's music being played. Walk into a clothing store, there's music being played. You can even go out into a lot of parks, and they have loudspeakers with music being played in the park. You can go into an office, you sit waiting on your dentist to call you in for hours, and... You can hear music in the waiting room because there is a background of music being played and I know they they have those subscriptions for what they play while they're there. Some of them playing radio stations while they're there. But you hear that. We hear what we often refer to as elevator music because that's what they play in the elevators when you're riding between the floors. And it's really kind of embarrassing when you think about it and you get in the elevator and you realize... You know you're old because they're playing the music of your generation in the elevator. And the other people in there don't have a clue what that song is. But you want to sing it out loud. That's when you're old. I'll get there one day. But we have, what I'm telling you is we have this background music. But do you hear it? Do you really listen to it? Do you know what's being played? Have Have you sat and listened and said, oh, yeah. Does it? does it right or is it just kind of some background noise that's flowing back there just to keep the silence away for a time but i take it from there and i go to the question what is the music that does get to you what is the music to which you listen interesting story in matthew first uh, samuel 16 not matthew first samuel 16 we were in Matthew a while ago, but First Samuel 16, you remember when Saul was having so much trouble, evil spirit on him. What'd they do? They got David to come and play his music for him because music does have an effect on us and calms us down in a way. And when we listen to it, we, it's easy to recognize the different genres, the different ages, the different times of music and all of that. And, and all of this kind of you're, you're getting, you're saying, well, what are you telling me? What are you telling me here? Well, it makes us question, what is it that we're hearing? What are we listening to? What music do we prefer, and what will we listen to? What lyrics? What what style? What, what what is it? Are we looking for comfort? Why do we listen to it? Is it is it our, our tradition? Is that what we grew up hearing? Is it something else? What is it that that brings it to our ears? So much music is heard as background to life, but how much of it do we really really listen? Now twist this just a little bit. Take it outside of just what we typically call music. Do you hear the music of life? What are the song, sounds around you? Did anybody else hear the slurping of the baptistry? You may be too far back. I sat there and I thought, "Oh man. We needed to put a little bit more water in the baptistry because the pump is running through there and air gets in there and it goes. That's not my bones creaking. That's the baptistry making that noise back there. And we'll put a little water in it later and it'll quit that because that pump's running. Do you hear it? Do you hear the sound and the vibrations of it? Maybe not. You may be too far from it. Standing here, I can hear it well. And my ears are not that sharp today what are the sounds around you? Have you stopped to listen to life and what's going on around you? Have you stopped to hear the sounds? Do you hear the sounds of the crickets in the morning? Do you hear the sounds at dusk? Do you hear the breeze as it makes its way through the leaves and the trees? Do you hear the sounds of life around you every day? There are questions. I wonder, have we paused to really listen? The noise around us is constant. If we closed our eyes for a moment and we just stopped to listen, we might hear traffic on the street outside. We might hear the the humming of the the air conditioning or the, the air blowing as we're hitting. There are a lot of things we might hear if we really pause to listen. And Jesus reminds us in that very same chapter, Matthew 11, in the 15th verse, And a repeated phrase that comes out again and again in the Scripture, he who has ears, let him hear. It's interesting that we have ears on both sides of our heads and how little we're willing to absorb. I want to encourage you to take time to close your eyes and identify the sounds that you hear when you really listen, if we're willing to do it. I took note in this last week as the old dog is laying over on the ground and he's got his eyes closed and he's not moving and he's breathing steadily, but those ears are up and pointed. And all I had to do is make one creaking sound and he's on his feet. Maybe we need to be a little bit more like the dogs because they're even when they're at rest, they're listening. But I want to be careful because if we go back... To the late 19, mid to the late 1960s, we might hear the words "turn on, tune in, and drop out." It was from the countercultural era phrase that was popularized by Timothy Leary, and of course, many of the things that he'd want to say, we would want to have nothing to do with what he had to say because uh, you know, advocate of drugs and so forth. But he was picking up on something that a philosopher of his time had said: "Turn on, tune in." and drop out but you know before you shut that phrase down you might recognize there's something to be said there take it out of the drug culture take it out of the countercultural revolution take it into just the, the popular thought there comes a time we need to turn on we need to tune in and from where we are we need to drop out and get hold of where we really need to be so I want to tell you about the music that needs to be heard It is sounding, but are we listening? It may be subtle, it may be bold, it may be common, but are we really hearing it? It's kind of like the old Christmas song that that comes around from time to time, do you hear what I hear? And maybe we were never listening. Not everything's going to be as affrontive as the angel that met the shepherds in the fields that day or that night. And said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. What was the angel announcing the birth of Jesus? Big event. Not everything's going to be that bold. Not everything's going to be that affrontive. Not everything's going to get our attention quite that strongly. In fact, over time, even those things that are bold and strong, we may sit back and just consider it commonplace. The music that needs to be here is sounding, but do we really hear it? Are we listening? If you pass through the pages of the Old Testament, you read prophet after prophet after prophet. God's messengers came with a message to the people again and again, calling them to some direction, some understanding, some action. Whether it was repentance or whether it was going forward or whether it was to first learn of God, prophet after prophet came along and especially came to the people of Israel, God's people in the line through which Christ would come. The message was coming again and again. And even Jesus is illuminating it here when he talks about himself and he talks about John. And said, and they came and you weren't listening to what they were saying saying. You had your mind so set in one direction, you really weren't listening, you really weren't hearing what they had to say. Consider the efforts of the messengers. Jesus describes them here. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We mourned to you and you did not lament. In other words, we couldn't get you to respond in anything that we brought to you. You may may remember that fellow by the name of Stephen. We call him a martyr. Stephen stood before that angry crowd. And he said, to which of the prophets, verse 52, Acts 7, which of the prophets did you not persecute? He went on to say, you killed many of them. Why? Because they just did not want to hear what they had to say. John and Jesus, John the Baptist and Jesus came with different music, if you want to call it that. They came with different perspectives of speech. They came with different opportunities in a sense, but they called to the very same message. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. They called people back to God. They called them to recognize God. They called them to recognize the power, the majesty, the marvel, and the nature of God. They called on them to recognize what God had in store for them. They called on them to see the Messiah, the Savior, the Christ. They came with the similar message in different ways and said they still wouldn't listen. Like the prophets of old, through the ages, those prophets had been ignored, abused, and even killed. Why? Because people just did not want to listen. They did not want to hear what was being said. But note this, note this, we are talking about good news. We're talking about good news. When Jesus said, go into the world and preach the gospel, literally translated, good news. This is not just a message of change. This is not just a challenge to people. This is good news. This is opportunity. If someone walks up to you and said, if you will just do what I offer to you, if you'll just take what I offer to you, you'll be rich beyond belief. Is that bad news or good news? And isn't that really what Jesus offered? If you'll just take what I give you, you'll have that abundant life. For the good news, Paul says, the gospel is God's power to save. I love looking back at John 3 and verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. Or John 10 and verse 10. I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly The gospel of 1 John is a message of God's given us something great, and all we've got to do is take hold of it. We're talking about good news, but there's a key word, isn't there? There's a key word about that good news. There's a key word about gospel. We'd sum it up in listen. So let me offer to you these quick thoughts. Be open to the possibilities. That means we've got to have our ears open to listen. We've got to take in what's being said around us. We've got to know what it is to be able to Use it or dismiss it or whatever it might be. But we first got to be open to the possibilities. Could this be something that we could use? Secondly, we need to determine if it's true. We need to measure it. We need to look at it upside down, frontward and backward. We need to see what it is and understand what it is. We're not just going to take something, uh, uh, you know, unseen or unknown. And thirdly, we need to be willing. Willing to change Our thoughts. And maybe that's the biggest challenge. We need to be willing to change our thinking to what we hear and understand from what is given to us in the gospel. And fourthly, we need to take action. I think about those words that Ananias, who was sent to Saul of Tarsus there in Damascus... As Paul would recount it later, that Saul of Tarsus, as he would recount it later, he would say, Ananias said to him, And why are you hanging around, tarrying here? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Why hesitate? When you know it's true, when it's really addressed your thinking already. Be open to the possibilities and take the action. And take it then. We're talking about good news. Not a burden somebody wants to lay on you. Good news. So the whole lesson. In case I got a little too astray in it. The whole lesson is about listening. It's about you and me And being willing to listen. It's not about our ability to hear it or not hear it. It's about our willingness to listen. For well over 50 years, I I started to count them up, but I just went from memory. Well over 50 years, it may have been closer to 60 years. B.E. Howard had a radio broadcast, and he broadcasted under the title. And sometimes he would lean quietly to the microphone. And he would say, are you listening? There may never be a more important question asked of you in life. There may never be something that serves you better in all of your life than answering the question in the affirmative when somebody says to you, Are you listening? There's no doubt there were things we listened to. Today, people listen to all kinds of podcasts and speakers and books and music and whatever else we can download or, or bring. But the question of the good news, the question of the opportunity today, is the question. Are you listening? We'll sing a song of encouragement this morning. Maybe there is someone who's considered a great need in your life. Maybe you recognize something you need to do you've not done. Maybe you've never obeyed the gospel. You said, you know, I've got to do that, and I need to do that now. The opportunity is yours today. We'll share that moment with you in a great way. Maybe there's another need you have. If there is, we'd gladly assist you and help you with it, whatever it might be at this very hour. If you need to respond publicly this morning, please do so while we stand and sing the song together.